to Park in the Bus, episode 31 of the only fantasy football podcast that thinks defence is better than attack. I'm your host, Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend, the John Henry to my Joe Glazer, it's Jack Murray. Oh dear. <laughs> so we're both supervillains. Uh, good evening, Callum. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I- I'm not too bad, all things considered, Jack. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, okay. Str- strange uh, week. Probably strange for stranger for my club than any other, maybe, with all the events that's happened in the last four days or so. Uh, yeah, a lot to cover, I suppose. Yeah, this is going to be a, a very interesting and very different podcast to our, our usual programme. Um, to the point where we probably won't talk about fantasy football, which is, I don't think we've ever done that before. Um, even when we've had like big subjects to talk about, we've always you know, done that for 20 minutes and then we just go on to the fantasy chat. But it kind of doesn't feel right to even discuss FPL or Sky or anything like that right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe have suffered like a dip in motivation for it as well. I mean, it, it doesn't actually help that we had uh, we've had a mental week where there's I believe there's a game on Premier League game on like eight days in a row or something, which is just crazy. Particularly for a game like Sky where you have to manage every day, it's like it's it's you know the the motivation I think to take it seriously has really dipped in a lot of people. Um, yeah, so it's a, a strange sort of time and um, many things to be covered. Yeah, certainly is, and um, we'll, get, we'll get straight to it because there is really only one thing to talk about this week. Uh, it is something that has shocked us, it's enra- in, enraged us, and it's united us in a common goal as well, uh, I would say. Um, I am, of course, talking about the clear panner to Sunday's line of duty. Uh, naturally. <laughs> I mean, who shot who? Is Kate dead? Probably not, but you never know. No. <laughs> I knew there was oh, something. There was, I knew that you were, you were talking too sarcastically for it to be the real topic. And of course, there's always there's also two topics which have concerned us, which is the Super League and the sacking of Mourinho. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that the sacking of Jose Mourinho the, the second most uh, important news of the day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, it almost felt like it went under the radar as much as it possibly could have. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly I mean... As I, Daniel, exactly as Daniel Levy probably would have wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, this is why... The, I think this is why the whole Super League thing came out. Their official statement was at like half 11 or something, wasn't it? So, yeah... Um, it was so under the radar that I missed it for about an hour, didn't I? To turn my phone on to messages of like, oh, you, he's either missed it or he's like crying with joy and or stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't expect it. Um, I didn't think it'd come to the end of the season, to be honest. So, yeah, I wasn't like holding on, you know, to the to my phone the entire time looking for it. Um, but yeah, it just felt like a one bombardment of news after another on Sunday Sunday night, Monday morning. Yeah, I will get to Mourinho sacking in a bit. Um, but look, we've got to talk about the European Super League. 
Um, there's a lot has been said, obviously, by pretty much everyone who's ever had anything to do with football in their life has had their say on this already. Uh, so this isn't going to be an explainer of how, how would the ESL work or you know what the financial ramifications of it are. It's not going to be that. You can find a million videos and podcasts that talk about it. This is just two fans of football going to be giving their thoughts on the matter, I think. Uh, one who is uh, not a fan or not a supporter of the of any of the big six clubs uh, and one who is and it's going to be our kind of viewpoints our thoughts and feelings where how we think football will go forward from this what we think will happen and i, I don't want to get too emotional about it because uh, I, i'm not in the camp of this is this is my take i'm going to ramble for a bit if that's okay jack Football isn't dead. Okay, I know there's been a lot of RIP football. Um, the whole whole thing's going to go to pot now. The game I love is dead. It's not. It's not. Just because 12 clubs across Europe think they can ruin the game, it doesn't mean that football's dead. Uh, it's only going to die if we let it die. Ultimately, there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not maybe even a, a millions of football clubs around the world. And just because 12 who are, who are very powerful and very influential and very famous, just because 12 of them think they're better than everyone else doesn't mean we have to take it. And I think that as long as we stick to our guns and say no to the Super League, the fans of those big six clubs and the other six across Europe re reject this notion and cause enough noise. I'm not saying, you know, mass, I don't, I'm not calling for mass protests and violence and all of that, of course I'm not, but it's only going to go away if we make enough noise to make it go away. So that's, that's my take in a nutshell. Don't lose hope. Don't, you know, cry over this or anything like that. Just stay calm. Things are going to get better. And ultimately, things will, we will get back to a sense of normality. That's, that's the gist of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, while we're here, by the way, there's just been news as well that Man City are starting proceeds to pull out of the Super League. So, that's two that have dropped already, um, which I'm not surprised about, about at all. I doubt you are either. Um, no, no. But, yeah. Um, you know, the, I can't see, I said to you before we recorded, that I, I think that these sort of things, people always overblow a reaction to it and think that, you know, everything is dead and everything's, Never, never going to be the same again. Um, whilst I think that I, I made a prediction to you just now saying that this will go for one year max. I can't see anything beyond that. And I think the thing that's frustrated people the most is almost like the cowardice of of it, making the announcements at half 11 midnight on Sunday. And there's no face of it, is there, really? Like Perez is probably the closest thing we've got. 
there's like there's a lot of people in the background who you know which annoys people even more i think people like a villain i don't think they feel like they've got they have that villain which um sounds silly to say um but yeah uh as a you know as a supporter of a team that has signed up to it and i think seems to be fairly committed maybe not as committed as the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United, but fairly interested anyway. Um, the easiest way I think is just don't buy any merchandise. Don't buy, don't buy any tickets. Don't watch the games. If you know, football still needs fans. Of course, this year has been very different, but football still wouldn't exist without the fans. It, you know, not playing with, without fans is a long, isn't a long-term solution. So if no one turns up, this thing isn't going to be able to survive. Uh, and from my point of view, I have no interest at the moment in in having anything to do with the club in terms of giving them my money. Um, obviously, I still support them. Uh, of course, like you know, it's strange to say because I said yesterday, if a girlfriend treated you like this, she'd have been out the door months ago. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a bit different with your football clubs. Um, so yeah, and I think the thing is for for frustration, the frustration of it is is that. It's it's barely even sport. It's like anti. It's basically anti-competitive. Obviously, there's a winner at the end, but there's no promotion or relegation. There do, there shouldn't there doesn't need to be any desire to finish in a certain place, and therefore there don't there'd be any desire from chairman like Daniel Levy, who doesn't like spending money, to um, reinvest in the squad. There'd be no reason to. Um, and I think that's what people are scared about the most: losing that sort of competitive aspect, which is. A large proportion of why we watch it in the first place, I think, is you know for this competitive edge and aspect of it, and uh, taking that away as I think is what people are scared of the most. I I want like I'm not. I would be in favour of a super league, not this specific format, but I would be in favour of a super league if it did have some kind of proper qualification system. Uh, but every time I try to think, well, how would you do it? I basically just come back to the Champions League, um, yeah. which even itself is not. I'm not saying the Champions League is perfect; it's not. But the funny thing is, is that if uh, if you ask me how I would improve the Champions League, I'd make it more inclusive for the less, I say, the lesser countries, the the countries that are lower down the list of UEFA's coefficients. And this is this is the Champions League, not the Top four from England, Spain, France, Germany. Uh, you know, it's not. You know, it's where where is the champion of of what? Well, yeah, trying to, try to explain this in a better way. You know, you think like the champion of of the Netherlands doesn't automatically qualify for the group stage of the Champions League, and the same goes with you know the Austrian champions and the Belgian champions and the Turkish champions and all that. You know, and it's that's how I would improve it, which of course is the complete opposite to what the the Super League is. But I think it it just it comes that it comes down to that point, and this is what was said in the Leeds game last night, is that if you want to compete at the highest level, you've got to earn it. You don't, you know, it's it's not a birthright. You know, you don't get there on your reputation. You know, so I think that's what it boils down to. Is that uh, how Having complaints about the Champions League and wanting to make your own thing, that's okay. But if you're going to do that, make it fair. 
you know make it reasonable you know make it something to, that people can aspire to don't just close it off and make your own thing that you're like your exclusive club that only you can go to yeah i mean it, uh, i think it's saying a, a problem a lot of people have with it is what you said is these 12 teams or as they're about to become 10 um are more on their like as the revenue like the biggest like tottenham are like the ninth richest club in the world or something well but they're like top 25 top 30 in europe at the moment maybe you know yeah they shouldn't be there on merit and even should arsenal arsenal are even worse than our than us um they're probably like top 35 in in uh in europe so like it's not like some of the teams are there on merit so is it even really a super league um if you if you count that it's just more it just makes it more and more appear to be a money grabber um but one thing i think this will expose is is what you're saying about like there are there have been imperfections in um the leagues for years like for example like Bayern munich have won the bundesliga seven eight nine years in a row i can't remember exactly how many i think the no juventus have won nine in a row obviously that'll end this year but they previously they had won nine in a row so as english football fans we're kind of used to a team maybe winning a team winning like three out of four seasons like city are about to do is like quite rare whilst in the in the last decade in these other leagues it's been you know multiple in a row um and i think that might this might expose that that there's such a huge divide there's such a huge divide especially less so in the premier league more so in these other leagues between like Barcelona and Real Madrid. And then there's like, obviously Atletico, Sevilla, but then you get the bottom 10 and, you know, it's hard to gauge what level they actually would be in, but they'd be nowhere near the Premier League. So I think if there is anything positive to come from this, it, it might be that that inequality gets divided, uh, gets um, um, found out. Um, and exposed for what it truly is um, because it's not fair and football probably hasn't been fair for 10, 15 years now. Uh, I implore anyone who who hasn't watched it yet, uh, go watch um, HITC7s. Uh, The guy there did a very good video today, uh, about 20 minutes long, basically saying that if you thought football died today, no, it died many, many years ago and went through all the, basically how money has taken over the sport. And you know, even going into stuff in the 80s and stuff before the Premier League was even around, uh, just describing how the, the, the seeds were sown then, all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think the, the biggest, my the other take I have on it is, Everyone is kind of united against this idea. Uh, the fans have, the pundits have, um, all football organisations have, and they're all hypocrites. And we're all hypocrites at the end of the day because they're making it out like it's us be them, it's we're good, they're bad, we need to stop this, this is a terrible thing. But they don't have the high ground. FIFA don't have a moral high ground. You know, this is the organisation that gave the World Cup the most prestigious 
most watched global event in the whole world, they gave it to Qatar to look after. You don't have a moral high ground. I know a lot of the people who don't, who made that decision aren't in FIFA anymore, but those who came into it, uh, who took over five years ago, they had a chance to stop it. They could have taken the World Cup away from Qatar, and they know they they decided no, we're going to keep it there. One of the most ill-suited places in the world to host a World Cup, and it's going to be in Qatar next year. I don't want to watch it. You know, I don't want you know. UEFA don't have the moral high ground, the way that they've been inactive towards tackling racism, the you know paltry fines and slogans. You know, they don't have a moral high ground. The Premier League don't have a moral high ground. They talk about saving football. They didn't save Bury when they went bankrupt. They didn't save Wimbledon, Wigan, Bolton. My club, Palace, nearly went extinct 10 years ago. We were an hour away from extinction. Did I see any club, be it West Ham, Leicester, you know, Man United trying to save us? No. I, I find it very hypocritical of, I'm not sure if you watch Monday Night Football, um, with Neville, Carragher and Steve Parrish went on very briefly. But Carragher is accusing Parrish of not caring about other EFL clubs. How dare he accuse Parrish, who is the only chairman of the 20 current Premier League clubs to know what it's like to save a club about to go extinct. You know? I know it's a bit of a side note there, but I just... I, I find it very hypocritical of Carragher to say that to Parrish. You know, all... At the end, so at the end of the day, this is no longer a sport; it's a it's a business. And Sky Sports, and I have to be very careful what I say here. Sky Sports, BT Sport, Amazon, BT have all come out against this. You watch when the rights to the Super League come up for sale. You watch how quickly Sky come to get those rights. And if Neville Carragher. Roy Keane, Michael Richards, and a lot of them don't resign from Sky Sports when that happens, and it will happen, I'm sure, then they're hypocrites as well for it. Sky as well, and people have forgotten this, were charging 15 quid per match earlier on in the season, and they have the audacity to say that other clubs are trying to steal money. Yeah. We're, make, we're making PSG look like the good guys here. PSG are the good guys. <laughs> They don't have they 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 I'm I'm glad that they said no to this Super League, but they have no more high ground either. I wanted to get that off my chest. So Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of uh, a lot of that going on. And the other thing which you haven't mentioned is clubs like Everton, Wolves, Southampton, like releasing statements. Don't pretend that if you weren't offered the place you wouldn't at least consider it. You know, it's a, I believe it's a startup fee of two hundred thirty million each or something. I know it's like three billion or something between. Yeah, I've lost lost track of the stats now, but it's, I know it's two hundred thirty. Yeah, you're on the right lines. Yeah. Yeah. So don't pretend that if you weren't offered that opportunity, you wouldn't at least consider it. And I'm not saying that some of them wouldn't reject it, like PSG have. I'm sure they would, but. It's it's like 
you it's it's a it's a lucky position for them to be in in terms of like they're never going to know they were never going to be offered it so of course they're just going to say oh it's a disgraceful thing it would be very interesting to see how these clubs would have reacted if they had the chance themselves um not saying that it's right obviously but just saying that you know it's easy for these clubs to get fans and other organizations on side whilst it's not you know obviously a, a lot of these clubs have burnt their bridges now um be interesting to see what happens with Chelsea and Man City will they just be sort of slapped on the wrist um I can't see too much to be honest yeah um, I mean yeah sorry go on, go on. no no I was finished go on. Oh, I mean yeah as as Jack has alluded to literally as we began recording um Chelsea have or are apparently preparing documents to say they're going to pull out uh, Man City are now saying they're going to do the same. Uh, they were the clubs who, out of the 12, I thought were most likely to be against this um, Super League because they don't need it. They have, thanks to Abramovich and the UAE, they have um, enough money. So money is not a problem for them. Man City are doing so well in the the league or domestically and in the Champions League now. Same with Chelsea, that they have a real shot of winning the Champions League. You know, they don't need to join this uh, thing. So, yes, if they pull out by the end of the week, I would not be surprised one bit. Um, that being said, yeah, they need to be punished for even even joining in the first place. They need to have some kind of punishment. I don't know what that is, but transfer ban them or what, I don't know. Um, it's, yeah... Uh, I want to quote, um, this is just tagging on to my last point, um, quote Patrick Bamford last night uh, after the uh, Liverpool-Leeds game, I think has had the best response to all of this as a player, is what he said. He said, it's amazing the amount of uproar that comes into the game when somebody's pockets are being hurt. The shame it's not like that when all the things that go wrong with fins at the minute, racism and stuff like that. all yeah. about money and I hate it it's all about number one still yeah. protecting yourself um, you know I've no doubt about that it's, and I'm sure in a depraved way FIFA and UEFA are, are loving this because they are well one attention will be deviated from them and two they probably feel like the superhero against a supervillain um so and it's it, it it will potentially hide a lot of things going on with them which are nowhere near perfect um like i mentioned about the increase in inequalities between clubs like you mentioned as well with with um slightly lesser countries champions and and stuff like that so yeah of course it's it's very complicated um you brought up some really interesting points it's um it's hard for for me you know i i wouldn't have any emotion towards this league as a as a fan if you you know this is the, the different different thing i can say to you is that I, i'm potentially a, fa- a fan of a potential club that might be in this league um and yeah i i couldn't see myself being emotionally involved in it at all i don't think there's that's the whole that's the whole anti-competitive thing that i spoke about 
is that, that there's just there is nothing really unless you win it but then uh, what have you actually really won um no one really cares do they you know, this thing has no history not really much prestige you can't get relegated surely once these teams realize with five six games to go that they can't win it they, what's the point um so yeah it's just the easiest thing for these fans is no money to the club i feel so sorry for season ticket holders of these clubs because you currently have no idea what on earth you're going to be watching this season uh, sorry next season i don't know what when the renewal time is i believe it's usually like june or something like that but as it stands you are you going to be watching your team just play 12 13 14 super league games no league no cups like what and the clubs will still have to cheat to send the email saying we look forward to receiving your you know to renewing your direct debit and and stuff like that so yeah there'd, there'd be no way it, it must be half of these people who have potentially held on to these season tickets for like 20 plus years but i'd be seriously considering mine if i even if i had one for that long um it, i can't it doesn't really bear thinking about for those types of people I don't know what what you would feel about that. I mean, I I I can't you know, speak for you or fans of Big Six and beyond, but I'm just sorry for you guys. You didn't deserve this, you know. Um, as as much and as much as you know, we take the mick out of each other. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish this on Brighton fans. You know, and you know you know how I feel about them. You know, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Um, it's just horrible. Um, I feel sorry for you guys. I still, I feel sorry for the players and the and the the coaching staff. You know, I, you know, you, you're looking at players like Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford are the two that come to mind for me. You know, Rashford probably wants to be a one club man. He wants to be at United for his whole career. Same with Kane, I know he's obviously been on loan, but he's still practically a one club man at Spurs. You know, and he's now if this if Tottenham go ahead into the Super League, he's now gotta make a choice between his his club and his country, because he's not gonna be allowed to play for England. You know? And he's gonna have to make a, a horrible choice. Which I would again I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see which managers and which players come out in favour of this and stick it out. I know that some of them will be contractually bound to play and they all have no choice in the matter. Um, but then I'm, I'm sure there'll be others who don't care and as long as they get a healthy pay- paycheck at the end of it. And, um, you know, I don't think that there will be many players who will do that. I'm sure there might be a couple um, who have nothing to lose. Uh, but... Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting time. Uh, I've just seen breaking news that City and Chelsea are apparently preparing to leave now. Um, so that's quite quite an interesting, very rapid development. Um, but even then, they as I said, they don't have the moral high ground. They still signed up to this thing. Um, they're still owned by very dubious people. <laughs> you know, they've bought they've. I hate to say it, they bought their success. Um, they're part of the problem. So, 
I don't have the solutions. I don't have the answers. No one does at this stage. We can only speculate, but things aren't going to get better unless we force proper change. And it will take a while. We might not even live to see it, but if it, it, it's what needs to be done. So, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the obvious one in terms of controlling clubs is salary caps, but it's never going to happen because there's too much power and too much money to be lost. Um, in this game, they they bought it in the League One onwards, I believe, for a period, but it's now gone again. Um, obviously didn't obviously didn't work. Um, but yeah, don't really have what else to say. You've made some great points. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but otherwise, uh, Jose time. Uh, I was gonna quickly ask what what do you think should happen. Um now going forward with the if let's say hypothetically all 12 clubs commit to this project uh, i know that's unlikely now but let's say all 12 commit to it what do you think the correct uh punishment from uefa and you know the, the premier league be it's really hard isn't it because we just feel angry at the clubs but UEFA, you know, for, in terms of UEFA in the Premier League, it almost feels like, in a strange way, it always feels like a little bit undemocratic. You know, you know, I know they, I know they've they've left the organisations and stuff, which will meet will make them open for, for punishment. I don't know. I I guess you can't have them back in the league again next year because they basically just left your organisation. You can't just let them back in. But obviously, that creates problems with. If you put them down like to non-league, you could you you know you're still going to have players. You know they're still going to have the owners, the 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 players. They're just going to buy that league as well, and then that's not fair on these Vanarama Premier League Premiership clubs who are maybe going to come up. They're not Vanarama anymore, is it? Was it now? I can't remember. I I, I always call it the Vanarama still. <laughs> It's okay, it I do the same. Evo stick? Is it, is it that? I think it's Evo stick now, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, sorry, yeah, I don't I call it Vanarama. At least I didn't call it Blue Square. Um, or whatever it was before that. Um, yeah, th- that's the thing. Clubs like that who are fighting at the top of those leagues, they're just going to get squashed by these by these clubs if that happened. And then we're back to being in, in, in a, um, inequality again. So it's really hard. And I'm really glad I'm not the person to make that decision. I don't know what you think. Have you got any opinion? You know, I, I had a great line here, but what you've said's kind of ruined that line for me. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, I was going to say, yeah, I like you. I think the Super League will fail after one or two seasons for whatever reason. Uh, I've, I've written here. And when they come crawling back and begging on their knees, because they will, uh, I think we should welcome them back with open arms. Forgive their mistakes. And put them back where they truly belong, in League Two. <laughs> was, uh, that's what I. But no, you've raised a, an even better point there. That that's unfair on League Two clubs. Um, I mean, my my dream, or my dream, my imagination will be that a lot of players would have forced moves away from the big six clubs, and then 
you know, you're going to get, um, I don't know, players like, players like Joe Willock and stuff are drawn to are going to be left behind. Or even if, if, if them at like Arsenal and stuff, and I'm, I, I don't know, I could be completely wrong here, but if you think that De Bruyne and Kane and Fernandez and Abanian are hanging around at non-league or League Two level, you've got another thing coming. They're going to be out the door, you know. And again, I said this to my dad yesterday. Um, this is prime time for the lawyers now because all the players are going to be like, "Hang on a minute, I signed up to play in the Premier League, not to play in a stupid Super League. I, I this is not in my contract." You know, so I wonder if there's a legal way out for these guys to leave on a free, even. I could be completely wrong about that, but I, that's also going to be a possibility as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not fair on these players and coaches. That I, this Harry Maguire this apparently wasn't didn't even know until. They were just about to go out to play against Burnley at the weekend, for example, which is mental um, and not fair. It this is this is what I mean. It's just a scent of cowardice that runs throughout this whole thing. Being scared to tell people, not having a face, it's all like masked masked figures. Yeah, it's it's just if they'd have maybe been upfront about it and honest, and you know maybe we not going to agree with it but could have been more tolerant but it's just people need to be angry at something and I don't think that they've got that so I think that makes it even worse yeah. I mean it's it's men in ivory towers you know having having zoom calls and making plans like credit where it's due to uh, Daniel Levy he's the only like owner of the big six who I actually see at games you don't see the cron you don't see Cronky at Arsenal games, you don't see the Glazers at United games. There's a reason why there's only one picture of Sheikh Mansour at Man City games, because it's the one he t- attended back in two thousand and eight or whatnot. You know the image I'm talking about, he's smiling like with his hand like up. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the it's the image they always use of him because it's the only one of him at a Man City game. You know? Yeah. You don't see, I don't. You don't really see John Henry at Liverpool games. You know, Abramovich hasn't been to a Chelsea game in ten years or something stupid like that. Being allowed in the country. Um, I know. Well, that well, that is another problem in itself. And again, he cannot claim Chelsea cannot claim any moral high ground whatsoever. Um, but yeah, we've we've spoken a lot about this. That was our thoughts. That was our ramblings. Um, I did ask Twitter to send us their thoughts, but no one replied, so I take it they don't care about this um, at all. <laughs> Maybe I sent it too late in the day. Um, we, yeah, uh, yeah. So go on. We had the one thing of who do you support if your team you currently support is in the Super League? I don't know if you, oh, what yeah. you came up with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this, uh, the Bundesliga thing you were saying uh, last year when they started before anyone else. Uh, I had a couple of I, uh, ideas. I, I kind of hastily put these together, and they're mostly jokes, but you know, you, you could work for these. Um, Arsenal fans, uh, we all know how much you like to ramble on about being the Invincibles. 
So why not support the only other invincible side in English football history, uh, Preston North End? Yeah. Good I point. Thought, you know. Yeah, that's a good thought. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm glad you like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man United fans, since you, I mean, the obvious answer is FC Manchester, obviously. And I think but they hate them. <laughs> well, uh, the other solution, I think, I think this is very logical, uh, is Salford City, since you seem to love the class of 92 so much and you love everything Gary Neville's been saying. Uh, yeah, why not support Salford? Um, yeah. Although, I mean, again, they have they bought their six. They bought their success, but not. They've done it in in the correct way. I think that's. I don't know. I haven't followed their story so much. Um, Chelsea fans. Uh, this took a bit of research to find this. Um, have you ever heard of AFC Wilberforce, Jack? <laughs> no. Well. They are Chelsea fans' next club. Um, do you know why? Uh, no. I'm sure you're about to tell me. I am, indeed. Uh, it is the nearest club to the village of Stamford Bridge, which is in Yorkshire, <laughs> not in London. <laughs> How have you found this? Do you know what? I, it came to mind. I was like, because I know Stamford Bridge is a real place. Cause that's where the fight before the Battle of Hastings Yes. Knowledge come back. And I was like, I wonder like, if there's a football club near there. So I looked up the actual Stamford Bridge, uh, and according to multiple sites, AFC Wilberforce, I don't know what league they're in, is the uh, nearest football club to them. So there you go. Um, Man City fans, since you love the UAE so much, why not support Shabab Al Ali, one of the leading clubs in uh, the Middle East right now? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Barcelona. Why not support Crystal Palace? Uh, matching colours, heavily reliant on one talisman to do all the work. Um, <laughs> I've been unable to buy a decent forward in recent years. So, you know. Ah, that's good. Um, Milan, I've got a number of possibilities. I wrote, because AC and Inter Milan often hate each other, I thought of what other cl um, clubs in England hate each other. So Portsmouth and Southampton, maybe. Uh, Newcastle and Sunderland, perhaps. Uh, Palace and Brighton, even. You want to push it out that far? Norwich and Ipswich, you know, a couple of suggestions there. Uh, and my last one is Spurs. Uh, now, I think that Stoke City would be the appropriate club to support in this regard. <laughs> Do you know why I think Stoke City is appropriate, Jack? Well, we did quite a lot of business with them in there early 2010s but apart from that no i don't really know well i was thinking you know because all this anger is against levy and uh, levy you know it's been said before he kind of looks like lord Voldemort a bit <laughs> and what's uh stoke's uh nickname jack potters <laughs> i think i think it's a perfect match uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was trying to think if like if there are any like massive bottlers in the lower leagues. Anyone that's lost like four playoff like their last like ten playoffs or something like oh, that. that would have been a good shout. Oh, I have to do some research into that now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought did Juventus in this Super League? I can't remember. Juventus are. I couldn't think of a good comparison. The other the obvious one is Notts County. Just oh, because. Yeah. Of, 
play. The, the kits were based off. Juventus bit kits were based off Notts County, right? Is that is that the right I, way around? I don't know that. I'm gonna have to look that up now. There, there, there is a link between the two clubs, which makes it. Oh. Um, is that? Uh, yes, it was. Um, the Juventus adopted black and white because of Notts County. So there's an obvious link. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's priceless. Um, yeah. Okay. There you go. Then Notts County for Juventus fans. Uh, I couldn't think. Real Madrid, the closest I got was LA Galaxy, since they like Galacticos so much, and white shirts. Yeah. Uh, plus, rather like Real Madrid, LA Galaxy don't actually win too much in the MLS, despite being the most well-known club there. Um, that's I can't say if that's true or not. That's just what I know of it. Uh, Liverpool, I couldn't think of anyone. I don't know if you've got any suggestions. Just a, a really passionate... Football mad. Well, I was going to say Dortmund, but that's too kind, I think, on them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is somewhere. But, yeah, that's that's the thing that always comes to mind when you think of Liverpool, is the how obsessed yeah. the, the city is with football. Yeah. 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 I was going to say maybe the Boston Red Sox, because that's who um, John Henry also owns, but <laughs> that's probably not who you want to, who you want to support at this stage. Um, that was fun. That was a bit of a light-hearted way to end the segment. Um, let's let's spend a little bit of time on Mourinho. I'll let you take the lead here, Jack. Uh, obviously, he was sacked in the early hours on Monday morning um, and somehow was not the biggest story in, in the football world. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you take this away. Yeah, uh, I was very surprised by the timing to start off with. I'd, I'd already sort of just made peace with the fact that he was probably going to stay till at least the cup final and then maybe even the end of the season and and then that's it. Especially, I thought maybe this Super League thing even cemented his position even more given the lack of competitiveness that's involved with it and that, oh, well, we've got the super superstar name manager and this is what this is all about, is just names rather than anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised to see him go when he did. It doesn't mean, of course, that I was unhappy with the, with the decision um, I think this is probably the end of Mourinho in the Premier League I doubt we'll, we'll ever see him in a Premier League job again um, I think other cultures probably suit him better it goes to show that there's only, apparently only five players that were had any sort of interest of anything to do with him by the time he left which was Kane, Son, Lloris Hoybierg and Lucas, who are probably five of the mentally tougher winners at the club. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing that we have seem to have so many players with a weaker mentality, but also Mourinho is supposed to be this ultimate pragmatist and he's just shown that he's absolutely useless at managing early, mid-20-year-olds in the, the current generation. There's a a big difference between Frank Lampard at 23 in 2005 to someone like, uh, say, Ndombele. And actually, it's probably a bad example because his, his methods eventually seem to work on Ndombele. Um, someone like Steven Bergwijn, let's say, who has just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth in the last four months or so. You know, the, these 
the change in society means that these 23 year olds back then were were all already grown men probably with families houses all that now they're not they're still more like kids or like a, a kid slash adult hybrid and his inability to to manage those sorts of um characters in his last two jobs i think it's just it what's ended him and it's it just amazes me that he's still referred to as this ultimate pragmatist when he's just refused to adapt all these years in any way shape or form tactics sports science um if you remember but when Solskjaer joined man united he said that um the players would just weren't fit enough and he had to spend months to try and get them back up again players with uh, tottenham as well complained about not being tested enough in training apparently made jokes we had a, uh, an increased intensity session in january and they made jokes about maybe that week will maybe this week will in prolong my career you know it's, uh, and i think this is probably why it worked for the first sort of 10 games of this season when teams were very short of match sharpness because we were the best equipped to adapt to that with the way we played, lack of pressing, um, almost simplistic, you know, type of thing. And as soon as teams got up to sharpness, it was that was exposed. And I mean, I don't know what the table would look like if you take away, if you look at the league table from, say, I don't know, the, the one all draw with Palace onwards, because I, I think that was probably the first time that cracks started to appear. In hindsight, I don't know where we are in the table, but I'd I'd had to guess it's like thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that. Um, so yeah, that's a the base of of what I'd like to say. I I don't know what your thoughts on it are as someone who isn't as passionate and probably a bit more level headed. I mean, I I still love Mourinho. Um, I know he's got. His, his faults and he does have quite a few of them but um overall I, th- I think he is good for the for the game he's not as you say he's not going to come back to the premier league now the only club that i can imagine would take him is wolves uh, just because obviously nuno is obviously one of Mourinho's disciples has molded that club in this in a similar kind of fashion but um i think you, you hit the, the nail on the head there when you said his lack of adaption and he hasn't moved on with the times and this is what defines a, a a good manager from a great one you know this is why ferguson was so revered because he adapted when things weren't going wrong when his competitors got ahead you know he was united was so dominant in the 90s and then you had a three four year period where they didn't win a title when uh Wenger with Arsenal and then Mourinho with Chelsea came in and uh, took the initiative uh, and he got a lot of flack during those years as well I think. and he then bounced back stronger than ever and won three consecutive titles and won another Champions League because he adapted his tactics he adapted the way um, he ran the club as well and I think this is what's cost Mourinho is he's not moved on from um when was the last time he was properly successful? Madrid, early che- early second time in Chelsea. Would we yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. But even that was, for me, like 
the league was potentially at the weakest it has maybe ever been in the last 10 years. And and their title win was very unspectacular. I know they won the league, but, yeah, you know. No, no you're, not, you're not. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, it's not. It's been near on 10 years now since, I, I guess you could call it peak Mourinho. And obviously, you do have some success. You've had great results at Spurs. Um, I think I thought he did a great job in his first year at United. First and second year. To be honest. I know he didn't win anything in the second year, but he still got them to a great amount of points uh, in that year that City just ran away with the league. People seemingly forget that. But, yeah, it, I don't want to use the word dinosaur necessarily, but he needs to leave the Premier League in England and you know, go either back to Portugal or go to a league like Italy um, where he can sort of implement his tactics better, I guess. Um, as for the decision, I think it was the right call to sack him. I find the timing extremely odd. Um, the week before, I know there's new manager bounce and all of that, but that's too risky just ahead of the cup final. Um, and as well, obviously, it's cost them a lot of money to do so. Of course, they're getting a lot of money if they join the uh, the ESL. But I would have, there must have been a clause in the contract that said, if you don't get us Champions League or you don't get us European football at all, we can sack you for a lesser fee. There had to be something in the contract. If there wasn't, then fair enough. But I would have waited to the end of the season, seen when you finished up. Because chances are you weren't going to get top four, sorry to say it. Um, and there's the fee, and you know, that's minimum requirement when you're uh, Mourinho as a manager, is you get top four. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Decision right, timing wrong. Um, good luck to Ryan Mason for Sunday. Uh, and if, if you know what, if if Spurs win on Sunday, it'll be a hollow victory. And I think that's a real shame for you guys because it would, would have been your first trophy in 13 odd years. So, yeah. yeah. But obviously, yeah. I assume you mean hollow for the ESL, not for the sacking. Well, a bit of both, but mainly the ESL, yes. Yeah, because um, I, I, yeah. I don't give a crap about the Mourinho. I think we have more of a chance of winning the cup <laughs> final now that he's gone. Just purely on players wanting to play for a change players not being constricted by hours and hours of training on opposition. I wouldn't be surprised if Mason sends a team out on Sunday and the front four is Deli, Ali, Bale, Son and Kane. It would not, wouldn't shock me. Um, it, obviously, Kane might not be fit, but let's say he is. I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's just going to be, they just obviously decided that tactics and all that, it doesn't matter. It's just players will now want to play in this cup final and that could make all the difference. It might not, but... Um, I, I think we have more of a chance of winning the cup final without Mourinho. I think it had got that bad. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it would be interesting. I I do. I'm really, you know, of course, I'm I'm strangely now looking forward to watching tomorrow's game more than any game I've had in the last few months because I've basically given up watching them. Um, it's a shame that this ESL stuff's come around it because it does make it feel a little bit less exciting. But um, yeah, it it there's a lot of attacking play, a lot of attacking potential at the club. Um, yeah, we spoke at the start of the season about this potentially being the like best front three in the world. 
um, and it's never come to fruition. They've started together like four or five times, I think, if that, which is madness. Um, Bale played really well for the Burnley and Palace games and then was brought on the off the bench against Zagreb for like 60 minutes and then basically never seen again, um, which is really strange. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the timing is, of course, weird, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's wrong. Um, I believe that they've all been put on gardening leave, which means that we're still paying his wages rather than just giving him a whole lump sum of 34 million or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I am intrigued now. I think, yeah, I don't think like European football is going to be a requirement for Mason, to be honest. I think it'll just be just try and get a bit of joy back into the club because even before the ESL, it had just been sucked out. The players looked disinterested. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the interviews with like Son and after the Man United game, it just like like football had wasn't enjoyable for him anymore. Um, so, and to be honest, Mourinho had uh, I think it was just over twelve months out of the game, wasn't it, between United and the Tottenham job? Pretty much, yeah. And he he claimed all this stuff about de- developing and finding new methods and stuff and it ended up just all being the same same things um football has moved on i think the biggest the biggest thing for me is the sports science stuff there's so much fitness involved around football now with all the, the complicated pressing structures and and stuff like that and it's just seems very basic it's almost like stuff that you'd expect a like an under 12s coach to do stuff around like team shape and getting your defensive line in the right place and stuff like that. The hours spent practicing against what level, how Liverpool take their throw-ins, for example, was something that I've heard about. So it's just, it's nice in a way as well. I think maybe these couple of months can be used to build up the fitness of players so that they're at least some like resonating something um, close to fitness for the start of the next season. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that all this ESL stuff has ESL stuff has come, as I say, because otherwise I'd actually be quite intrigued to see what happened happens. Um, which ask you before you ask me about what you who you think the uh, successor should be. Uh, that was my next question. Um, I just want to say I am very curious to see um, if the final on Sunday goes ahead. Um, if we'll be seeing any protests or boos or banners or whatnot from the oh, there are fans aren't there fans. yeah because there will be fans there even in a small capacity um yeah successor i mean there's one obvious choice who i sadly think is going to be a bit unattainable and that's nagelsman and i think everyone agrees nagelsman would be out an amazing pick for the job he would have been an amazing pick for the job when Potch got sacked, but um, with Nagelsmann, I think it'll be very tricky. He's doing a great job with Leipzig. I think he wants to stay there another season or two just to see how far he can take them. Obviously, got to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. Um, obviously, in a different format, but still, that was a great achievement for them. They are second in the Bundesliga now. I want to say um, they're the, the closest challenges to Bayern. So uh, 
don't know. I, I don't think he's unattainable, but I think it would be very tricky to prize him away, the Spurs. Um, so, but yeah, I think Nagelsmann would be the I- ideal pick. Um, honestly, for alternative picks, I can't think of many. Yeah. Um, there's a few who I would be too upset with. Um, my main requirement is that it sounds stupid to say, but I want this this manager to be someone who has ability to play what the the Tottenham way is. You know, it, that's been lost with Mourinho. Um, just I think speak for all the fans when we we're used to entertainment, and and I was probably more willing than most to stomach it for success. But the problem with his style of players is that when success doesn't come, it's like it just all comes crashing down. There's nothing positive there. Players won't enjoy it, and the results are rubbish. Um, so yeah, for, that for me rules out the likes of like Allegri, Rafa Benitez, people like that. There's no, you know, I definitely a similar type of thing. I don't really have much interest in it. Even um, Nuno is the same. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't want to see it. Um, from my point of view, I, I know Brendan Rodgers is quite high up there, and I, I don't really see why he'd leave Leicester. Um, as much as I would like it, um, Eddie Howe, I have no issues with. Probably less, far less so than others. Um, just looks very much like a Tottenham manager to me. A, a name's just come to me. I doubt he'd do it. Gerard, would you take him? Tough to say, isn't it? That's I think that'd be a real risk. Whilst I don't think someone like Eddie Howe would be a real risk. I think uh, I think with with Gerard, you've got to look at I don't follow the Scottish Premier League uh, too much, but you've got to look at how he's built a, a now on the verge of invincible side on a shoestring budget. I mean, it's but Scotland, Scotland teams don't spend anyway, but Rangers even more so because uh, of all the financial problems they've had before and all that. And he's every time I see Rangers play, they're the right level of uh, attacking, but also pragmatic when they need to be. Um, but uh, I, 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 I don't again. Would Gerard ever want to manage another Premier League club that isn't called Liverpool? Uh, I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah, of course, that's that's really difficult as well. Yeah, I just think it'd be too much of a risk from my point of view. Uh, of course, Nagelsmann is, as you say, is the number one, but I want to be realistic. Um, and Eddie Howe um, is realistic for me. Eddie Howe and Hassan Hootel, really. Yeah, Hassan Hootel's a shout. I think we are best when we, you know, sort of try and punch above our weight and then get the like get a a good coach in because Mourinho is not like he the only player I can think of there's two players I can really think of that he actually improved whilst he was at the club and Harry Kane is one um but that might just be Harry Kane the mental warrior that he is rather than Mourinho himself uh, and strangely enough uh Serge Aurier is the only other one I could think of um but I don't know if that's also potentially just him maturing as a person. Um, apart from that, he, him himself, that is a massive way to make gains and make profit and stuff like that is to coach players to be better. And he just hadn't done it. He's not done it at all. 
Yeah. And the feeling as well is that um, while they haven't, well, they have spent a fair bit of money, the site, the players they've signed have, on paper, I think, been very good additions. I think Reguillon's been a brilliant signing this season for you. Um, I think Rodon's a good one for the future. Um, Bale, obviously, yes, you're paying an extortionate amount of his wages, but he's Gareth Bale. Vinicius Junior, decent player. And even the ones who arrived before, just before Mourinho came in, and Dombele, the Celso, uh, Session, you've still got coming through. Uh, the only bad sign you guys made was Doherty. Um, which would yeah. be fine if you were playing win backs, but you weren't playing win backs, so um, it was a very odd one. But uh, no, I, I the only other option I guess you guys have got um, is if Brian Mason does a good enough job, do you let him take the reins? A bit like Solskjaer. Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? Solskjaer's had jobs, Cardiff, Mulder, Ryan Mason is, and he started coaching as far as I'm aware in the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, even if he won every game, I'm not sure he'd get the job. Um, but for the time being, it's nice, and I think that it, it'll give a little bit of a feel-good factor because it's quite a nice story, isn't it? What happened to him is dreadful. Uh, was a very likable player. Like he wasn't the the best, but he always gave his all. Um, so it, I think that's part of it as well. It's just it's a nice it's a nice story. You know, it's a a potential for something really special, but. I can't see it being him permanently. Um, but yeah, just requirements are it needs to be someone with that ability to get us playing attractive football and needs to be a, an improver of players because we don't like to spend as much money as these other top six clubs, for example. And the, that's one of our best um, ways of making a difference is to try and coach these players like Pochettino did, you know, like Deli Ali, Kane, Ericsson. This, they, those players cost about 16 million between the three of them and would probably go for a combined total of sort of 220 million three years ago. So, yeah, they're my main requirements. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you can't really argue with that. No, 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 I can't. Um, yeah. I'm more concerned. I mean, to be honest, I'm more concerned about who the hell's taking over Palace in the summer. Um, but. Uh... <laughs> And then Mourinho's free now, you know. We already played, we already <laughs> you don't played, want that. We already played defensive football, you know. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, but yeah, I guess um, yeah, that's all I've got to say on the matter, really. Um, we could do who who do we want at Palace another time if you like. <laughs> I find that your uh, what's going yeah. on at Palace really really interesting. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what's going on at Palace. So that'll be a fun podcast too. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Roy stays another year and to be honest I wouldn't 100% object to that so, no. anyway that's for another time uh, we've gone over the hour mark so I think we'll leave it for this week uh, if you have any final notes Jack no I don't no so I think we covered everything we wanted to yeah yeah. thanks for letting us uh, ramble on this obviously has been a, a very different episode of the pod um, well, normal service should hopefully have resumed by the next one. Uh, dear Lord, I hope it does, because um, I can't stand another week of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, that's it for this week. Please, if you don't follow us already, uh, follow us on Twitter at busparkingfpl, uh, where we'll have 
lots of fantasy advice, a couple of laughs, and just general ramblings about the football world. And hopefully we'll see you next week when we'll have a Carabao Cup final to talk about, as well as some actual fantasy football news. All right. Uh, I've been Callum. I've been Jack. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh!